This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> well, here we are again, Matt. You got a little excited there. I did get a little excited. This that was a good one. I, I felt good about that one. My my, my right ear is bleeding. <laughs> well, you know, better yours than mine is what I always say. So, guys, we don't have a whole lot of info for you at the beginning of this episode, but we do want to say y'all go ahead and hop on over to Patreon. We'll be releasing our new Patreon episode very soon. So, become a patron and get in there and get this one. This is our question and answer one, so you'll get to hear the questions that you guys asked and our answers to them. Um, We also have some really cool ideas that we've been spitballing before we uh, started recording tonight for some other Patreon bonus stuff Uh, for you guys. Yeah. Um, Think it'll be cool. There may or may not be videos in the... (laughs) future yeah right after i said we're we're not gonna live cast this. right well i told him I said, we're not we're not live doing i mean it's not live you know it's I, not live but it, you're still gonna see us right but we'll <laughs> maybe put, we'll put a curtain up no uh, guarantees below the table so you don't we can still be pantless <laughs> um, it's gonna be like from the the waist up it's gonna be like we're muppets yeah. <laughs> you know there'll be pup, puppeteers underneath you know controlling us man i don't want to know where that puppeteer's hand will be <laughs> Um, yeah, you do. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> if it's going to happen, I want to be prepared, you know. Yeah, and I'm going to have to apologize for my voice. I mean, the Tennessee allergies are kicking my rear end. Oh, dude, I know. Oh, I'm, man. I'm hoping that I can see my notes because the allergies have hit my eyes and they have been watering nonstop for like two days now. Hey, look, mine were so bad, I had to wear two pair of contact lenses in the same day. Oh, wow. I couldn't get through a day with one pair. I had to switch them out. They nice. were so bad. Yeah. Uh, Yay, Tennessee. Yeah. I think it's that, that valley that we live in that has just screwed it all up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why, you know, God bless Texas, you know, and we don't have that kind of stuff. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next week, we wanted to give y'all a heads up. We are going to be off next week. We're taking a vacation, a dark week, as they say. Ashley and her kiddo are coming into town, so I'm going to be spending time with them doing that stuff. Matt's going to be spending time with family because it's Memorial Day. Eating crawfish. Eating crawfish, all the good stuff. Um, I'll be grilling. So don't y'all show up. Yes, it'll smell good, but don't y'all just show up at the house. Y'all got to let me know before you show up so I can have extra... (laughs) Meet on the grill. Just show up to the graveyard and yep. say, hey. Hey, I found you guys. And be a little weird. Anyway, yeah. um, we will be off next week. So after this episode, after you listen to that, while you're waiting for us to come out, go over to darkmyths.org and check out some of the other shows on there. Listen to them. And, you know, that, that'll help you pass some time until we come back. Yep. And tell them, uh, tell them we sent you. Yep. If you, if you check out a show... That, that brings up a good point. If you check out a show because of one of our potty breaks or something that we've mentioned, let, you know, let them know you heard about them from us and let us know that you checked them out. Cause you know, I, I'm interested to know how many of you guys like our friends in the podcasting world, right? You know, cause they're good shows and we like to tell you about the good shows. Um, also, go over and check out our website, graveyardpodcast.com. You can see some behind the scenes photos here in the graveyard. You can see my ugly mug and Matt's ugly mug on there. We've got some rare photos of us up. Um, we've got you know links to episodes. You can check out pictures. And we've got a link on there to Dark Myths. So you can just click that, go on over. We still have our giveaway sign up going. So if you have not, it's drawing near the end, guys. It's time to get your info in there. All you need is email address, name, and shirt size, and then we will draw around the 1st of June sometime, give or take a few days. 
that's about all we got for you now. So let's get into the potty break so that Adam can go use the potty real quick and all that <laughs> stuff. Matt can blow his nose from the allergies. <sighs> um, today's potty break promos are Hysteria 51 and Cryptid Crate. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. This is about to get weird. Join John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot each week as they clarify conspiracies. The first time euphemism's ever been used in this show, and I appreciate you calling me out on it. Explore enigmas. Disregard all known writing and use my method, which only works on this. Uh, you'll realize it says drink rich chocolatey oval tea inside <laughs> the spaceship under the sphinx and probe the paranormal hold on a second uh, I'm, I'm pointing the laser at the wall now 71 71.1 71.2 admiral bird is here all of this done with the misguided help of the one and only conspiracy bot you're all idiots hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric Stop on my joke. I will when they're good. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. Prepare to confiscate the human's possessions. Possessions secured. Prepare the probe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a hot second. No need for a probe, man. Why are you doing this anyway? To learn from your account. And to obtain your container of treasures. Container of treasures? Oh, you mean my cryptid crate? Yes, the cryptid crate you possess. We desire it. We've discovered it to be populated with many objects we find most incredible. Correct. The objects in this container cannot be produced on our home planet. Well, you don't have to abduct people to get your own cryptid crate. Elaborate. Just go to cryptidcrate.com and sign up. On the first of each month, a new box filled with amazing cryptozoology-themed items will come to your mailbox, or spaceship. Allow us to show appreciation to you, human, for this invaluable information. Yeah, sure thing. Does this mean you're going to take me back to Earth? <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> All right, Matt, we are back at it. So what are we talking about tonight, Matt? Okay, tonight we're going to talk about Bobby Mackey's music world. And there are reports that this place is an actual portal to hell. I've, I've heard those. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pretty, uh, pretty scary stuff it for really a is. place called Bobby Mackey's music world. Right. You hear that and you don't think, you know, no. Ghost or demons or anything. It doesn't just scream haunted place. Right. You think, oh, this will be a fun, you know, outing to go get a drink or, you know, hear some music or something like that. But this is this is one of the places like uh, like when we did the, the Chillingham Castle episode where the the actual true history mm -hmm. of the place is as horrifying as the ghost stories that come out. of. Oh, it. yeah, sure. I mean. There's some really hardcore stuff that went on at this place. Right. And we're not just talking about hardcore drinking. Either. Right. Because um, there's probably some horrific stuff that have happened at bars in downtown Nashville. But, you know, nothing compared to this. Yeah. So I, I've, I've said before, you know, places like hospitals and prisons, there's a lot of death that's ar around those places. Yeah, number three on that list would be Bobby Mackey's Music World. Right, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, I it, I was just I was floored when I I read about all the all the activity that's been going on here for so long, and and I don't I don't mean paranormal activity. Right. I mean just the regular activity. Right, and it's it's one of those places that you know if you're deep into the paranormal stuff, you've heard about. But not, I mean, it's not one of those places that everybody has heard of. Yeah. Because it's not like a haunted hospital that, you know, has been talked about for years. Oh, you need to go down to, you know, so-and-so hospital because it's crazy or 
any of the asylums or anything like that. Right. You know, Bobby Mackey's Music World. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, Bobby Mackey's Music World, home of the portal to hell. Hmm. You know, I was wondering, uh, does, you know, does the portal to hell have a cover charge? Yep. Yes, it does. Six dollars and sixty six cents. Nice. That's yep. nice. That's I mean, <laughs> what they charge me. OK, so Bobby Mackey's is essentially a honky tonk bar uh, that's located in Wilder, Kentucky, and that is just south of Cincinnati, right along the Kentucky, Ohio uh, border. Right. And if you wanted to go there, it's 44 Licking Pike in Wilder, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Licking Licking Pike. What a name. Mm-hmm. That was anyway. my nickname in college. <laughs> I don't I don't even want to go there. Nah, let's not get into it. Uh, we got to keep this PG. <laughs> um, so we're going to go into a little bit of the history of this place. Um, but unlike uh, past shows where we've done uh, a haunted location, uh, the the history is so closely tied with the the paranormal activity that has been reported there that we're going to kind of go back and forth uh, in relation to the historical event that is tied to the you know essentially the ghost story and so this episode is going to flow a little bit different but I think you'll enjoy it right so Bobby Mackey's Music World was originally a slaughterhouse constructed in the 1850s. Now it was, it was a small slaughterhouse. I mean, it wasn't like some big, huge, you know, meat packing plant. It was a small um, slaughterhouse, but it was the largest packing house for that region. Um, And what they would do is, is they would, they would bring in the animals that would be slaughtered and all the blood that would come out of these animals, it had to go somewhere. So they dug essentially a well, but it's, I mean, it's a hole in the basement floor where all the blood from these animals would drain into, and then the little well would drain straight down and out into the Licking River. Mm -hmm. So it's the 1850s. So all you people are like, well, how in the world could they drain that into the river? Yep. Well, it's 1850s. There wasn't anybody checking that. Right. We didn't and, have the the uh, health commissions that we have. Now. Right. Right. So, you know, if you went around and asking about people like, did you know the slaughterhouse is draining the blood from these animals into the river? Most people would have probably said, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's exactly what I would do, too. Right. You know? <laughs> How well, else? You know, you know, there's stories of the Elm Hill meatpacking plant here in Nashville doing that um, because the building is really close to a creek. And back when it first opened, there's a uh, drain that goes from the basically the butchering room in the old meatpacking plant building, and it runs down and out, and it runs toward the creek. It's now used for runoff water, but the story goes that that's how they did it. You know, you slaughter an animal, the blood drains down into this little channel and out into the creek. You're and, not you're not telling us any any kind of like breaking news story or anything that's going to get us in trouble. I don't think so. Okay. If it turns out to be that way, my bad. But I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, they don't do it anymore. The, That's the right. Meat packing plant's not they there are now. Totally up to snuff now. Right. Right. <laughs> so don't go check them out. That's guys, right. You know. Okay. So back back to the topic. <laughs> um. So there were some pretty shady practices, um, at the slaughterhouse, and. and Amazingly enough, draining the blood into the river was not one of them. Um, But the story goes that the owners of the slaughterhouse would abduct children from a local orphanage and use them as free child labor, Um, even to the point of having these children chained up so they couldn't get away. Mm. Now, as the story goes, these children would be responsible for melting the lard out of these animals and it would drain into a pit or a vat. But the children were small enough that some of them would fall into this vat. Now, 
it's got to get really, really hot to melt the lard out of an animal carcass. Sure. So when these children would hit this stuff, they would essentially burn and melt to death. Mm-hmm. And because they were orphans and had been abducted, nobody came looking for them. Right. And so they just passed it off. Yeah. Oops. Well, yeah. You know. Which is just pretty terrible. Oh, sure. Um, but this is the story of, of something that uh, supposedly happened while the building was being used as a slaughterhouse. Now, Stories currently will say that there are there are witness accounts of seeing apparitions of children in chains out behind Bobby Mackey's. Probably the worst apparition for me in this oh, yeah. whole place. Oh yeah. That's terrible. Um in so many ways. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so that's that's one of the the really unusual occurrences that happens in and around, you know, Bobby Mackey's music world. Um, but it, it wasn't the, the, the craziest and strangest thing, no, not even the most horrific. I'm going to let Adam tell you guys the story of Pearl Bryan. Okay. So Pearl Bryan, uh, she was the daughter of a wealthy farmer, and she was said to be a very attractive young woman, and she lived in Greencastle, Indiana. And this was in 1896. Now, she was the youngest of 12 children from a very prominent family. And by the age of 22, was one of the most popular girls in that area. Unknown to her friends and the, quote, polite members of this Greencastle society, Pearl had become pregnant. Now, her cousin and close friend, William Wood, had recently introduced her to Scott Jackson, who was attending college there for dental surgery, which will come in here in a minute. Jackson was an alleged member of an occult group that met at this slaughterhouse that Matt was talking about. So a an occult group had moved in to this slaughterhouse, and they were doing what occult Satanist groups do, performing sacrifices, all that stuff. And he was apparently part of that that group. After she found out she was pregnant, Pearl turned to Wood, who then turned to Jackson about this problem. And they made arrangements to remedy this situation with an abortion. And they were going to do this in Cincinnati. Well, Pearl, she left her parents' house on February 1st of 1896, and she said she was going to Indianapolis. Instead, she made plans to meet with Jackson and his roommate, Alonzo Walling, in Cincinnati. And this would be the last time that her parents ever saw her alive. Jackson's medical skills were, I mean, he touted them as being, like, you know, high, but they weren't. Well, he was a dental student. Right. I mean, you know, it'd be one thing if he was a dentist, which still, right, you know... <laughs> Why? Why do you go to a dentist to have an abortion? Right. Yeah. I well, mean, you know, you, back in, in you the, wouldn't. Right. Back in the eighteen hundreds, I know there was like you know the barbers would sometimes perform dental surgeries sure. or stuff like that. But I don't. This think, is this is a horse of a different color. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't think they would have commingled yeah, these two together. Yeah. They I mean you know the dentists work on the wrong end. Right. Right. If you, and I'm, I'm not, I'm really not trying to make light of this, but this just gives you an idea of what this poor woman was in for. Right. And during that time, abortions were highly illegal, so this had to be performed under extreme secrecy. Now he tried first to induce an abortion in Pearl using chemicals. Now apparently, the one of the chemicals that he used was cocaine. And they later discovered this in Pearl's system during the autopsy, which tells you how this goes. Now, after that, he tried to use his dental tools to perform the abortion, but botched that as well. So after about an hour or so of doing this, all that Jackson and Walling had was a bleeding, injured, frightened woman. 
Nothing else had changed. So they decided to leave Cincinnati. So the three of them leave Cincinnati and they travel across the Ohio River and into Kentucky and ended up in a spot near Fort Thompson, which is right near this land. It's about two miles from where Bobby Mackey sits right now. This is where Jackson and Walling murdered Pearl Bryan. They used the dental instruments and they severed her head from her body. The coroner said it was a clean cut, but he also determined that Pearl had been alive at the time because of the presence of blood on the underside of some of the leaves at the murder scene. Now, they found Pearl's body, but they never found Pearl's head. They found Pearl's body about 200 feet off the Alexandria Turnpike. And that's, like I said, about two miles from the abandoned slaughterhouse. Right. Now, it's believed that Pearl's head, after being removed from her body, was taken to this slaughterhouse and used in the satanic rituals that were happening at this slaughterhouse. After that, it was dumped down the well that Matt had talked about before, and they never found it. Now, Jackson and Walling ended up being caught and brought to trial in 1897, quickly found guilty and sentenced to death. Now, they went to the gallows behind the courthouse. Yeah. Now, I'm going to break in right here because I, I did read something that was interesting. Break in, man. So, number one, they this story about the head, about Pearl Bryan's head being thrown into the well, we're, we're just, we're telling, that's, that's a rumored story. We we don't know that. There's no evidence that that happened. Right. And the reason we really don't know, besides the fact that her head wasn't ever found, is that Jackson and Walling were given the opportunity to avoid hanging mm-hmm. if they would tell them where the head was. Right. And neither one would. Right. Which is even more strange. I mean, they're they're telling these guys, look, tell us where you put the head and we'll just send you to prison mm-hmm. and you can live. But if you don't, it, it's, you know, we're putting a noose around your neck. And whatever they did with that head must have been so bad that they decided it was better to die. Right. And keep that secret than to let it come out. Right. And it gives a little credence to the fact that they were part of a satanic society. Because if you were part of a satanic society that was performing rituals and didn't want to be found out, then, okay, sure, I'll tell where the head is, but I'm outing my right. satanic cult. And I may live then, but they'll kill me later or they'll do something right. worse. Right. You know, uh, <sighs> A spell, something, you yeah. know, release the dark Lord on me or something. Yeah. So even though it's it's a rumor and they, they can't prove it, th- that event right there lends a little bit more weight to the idea that that's indeed what happened. And they did, because as soon as they said, hey, we, we threw it down the well in the old slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? People are going to start going there. The authorities are going to look for it. And they're going to go in and they're going to find this evidence of what's been going on down there. Right. And like Adam said, out a bunch of other people that were in this little cult and called, you know, it doesn't matter if Jackson and Walling are in prison or not. Something's going to happen. Oh, sure. Sure. So they were hanged on March 21st of 1897. Now, it was reported that Walling, as the noose was being slipped over his head, threatened to come back and haunt the area after his death. So he said, after he dies, I will be back and I will haunt this area. It also says, supposedly, that an evil eye, in quotes, had fallen on many of the people connected to this Pearl Bryan case, that police officials and attorneys in the case later met with bad luck and tragic ends. So, you know, a little more push to the satanic cult, Satan worshiping, spells, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So once uh once Walling and Jackson were hanged, the uh the slaughterhouse was was torn down. Now 
to understand the structure of this building, they can tear down the slaughterhouse, but the basement was actually underground. So even if you level it and, you know, leave nothing but the floor, the basement, including the well, is still down there. Right. Okay. So in the 1920s, the roadhouse was built. And the roadhouse was a speakeasy gambling hall. And it was one of these places of ill repute. And, and you know, there was there was illegal gambling illegal drinking because of prohibition. So that lends itself to a lot of crime, a lot of um, swarthy characters, you know, uh, unsavory people uh, being in and around there. And it was ultimately uh, closed because of all the, all the murders and problems and everything else that was associated with the illegal activity that was going on there. Right. So, in 1933, Prohibition ends. Thank the Lord. Right. So, <laughs> right. It's like the best line. It's the, the end of the movie, Untouchables. They ask uh, Kevin Costner as Elliot Ness, hey, they repealed Prohibition. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? I think I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, it, it, after Prohibition ends, uh, the building was bought by uh, Buck Brady, who was uh, who was kind of a mobster guy. Um, and he turned it into the Primrose Tavern and Casino. So again, drinking and gambling, what's going on right there? And so these Cincinnati mobsters, you know, like I said, this close to Cincinnati and the big city mob, they decided uh, they were going to move in because they wanted some of uh, Brady's action. And he didn't want no part of it. So they started harassing him. And I think Adam's got a story about a, a confrontation that uh, that Buck Brady had with, you know, somebody else that uh, eventually caused him to change his mind. Well, Buck Brady, he had, like Matt said, he had refused a lot of the offers from the syndicated uh, mobsters that were from Cincinnati. And they wanted to become partners with him or they would just, you know, give him outright bids to buy the place from him. And he kept saying no. So this tavern kept being vandalized and customers were being threatened and beaten up in the parking lot. And then eventually the violence escalated until at one point Brady became involved in a shooting. And this was August of 1946. And he was eventually charged and then released in the attempted murder of this small-time Albert Red Masterson. So, we've, you know, he's now been charged with attempted murder. And even though he was let off on it because of the scenario, you know, that he, it was basically self-defense, he ended up saying, look, that's the last straw. And Brady ended up selling out to the gangsters. And as he left, apparently he swore to everybody there that that place would never thrive as a casino ever again. Buck ended up committing suicide in September of 1965. Yeah. So during those mob years, just like you would expect, there was a lot of crime and a lot of murder, covering up crimes, shutting people up. And in Bobby Mackey's, in the building, there is an apartment upstairs. Now, according to, uh, to the tours, the apartment is unchanged from the time where Bobby Mackey purchased it. And the reason for that is they believe that one of the old mob bosses lived there during this period of time. He lived in that apartment 24-7 to keep an eye on the casino and to manage what was going on. They said that it's dirty. They, they described the bathroom as disgusting. Said there's old bowling trophies. It's dusty. But every time they've tried to clean it or renovate it or remodel it, 
in their words, all hell breaks loose. That whatever spirit resides in that apartment doesn't want anything done and absolutely will wreak havoc. And because of the the bathtub and and how just gross it it, it appears, um, there's a lot of stories that say that that bathtub was used in mob murders. Now, that's probably just a lot of speculation, but it's probably pretty accurate. You know, if the mob ran that place, um, where else are you going to put somebody when you kill them? Mm-hmm. And they can't clean it or the spirit gets mad. So you can imagine you're looking at this bathtub going, I can't even fathom what went on in there. Right. Um, so many people met their violent ends right there. Right. So again, more violence, more death, you know, and you know, we're, we're barely a hundred years in, you know, right. at the, this property. Right. So, so they won't change anything about this apartment because this spirit of this mob boss will just, he, he just loses it. And so he's, they say he's one of these spirits that if you don't bother him, he won't bother you, but they just kind of leave it as it is. Right. And we've talked about that before with changing areas and the spirits or whatever getting yeah. upset, yeah. you know, um, they don't like their area messed with. That's right. the way they remember it in life. And that's the way they want it in death. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, we hear a lot of stories about people that have moved into new homes and, you know, they were older homes and they start modernizing them and then things start happening. Um, you know, old hotels, especially, you know, they, they try to keep them up to date. And then all of a sudden, you know, well, don't go to the 13th floor because there's a ghost that doesn't like the new wallpaper. Right. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, Adam's got a really good point, you know, so they, they leave it alone so that he leaves them alone. So now we're up to about the 1950s, and the club reopens as the Latin Quarter. And so, Adam, do you want to talk a little bit about the history of the Latin Quarter? Yeah. So, like Matt said, we're in the 1950s now, and the Latin Quarter, it was supposed to be a bar slash like gambling area like you would see now if you went to a place you had drinking and slot machines and all this other stuff. But the new owners of the bar kept getting arrested on gambling charges. Like every time they turned around, they were getting arrested on gambling charges. So in 1955, Campbell County deputies broke into the building with sledgehammers and confiscated all of the slot machines and all of the gambling tables. And apparently Brady's promise of it never being a gambling hall ever again actually came to pass. And it was during this period that legends of the building gained another vengeful ghost. Right. And so not only did they have, you know, drinking and gambling going on, the owners added something new, um, music and Dancers, and I think you know what kind of dancers I'm talking about. Um, Ballroom? Yeah, not exactly. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, not not ballroom. Ballet. (laughs) Not even close. Okay, Um, I'll stop guessing. (laughs) That may be best, but uh, let's just say they were strippers. (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it. That that's what that's what's been said. Um, so you got even, even, even more, uh, you know, illegal or borderline illegal activity going on in this place. And one of the dancers was the owner's daughter and she fell in love with one of the singers. Now they had this kind of quiet intimate relationship because they were both kind of scared of Johanna's dad. Right. And I may not have said that this dan- this dancer's name is Johanna and her father ran this place and he was a hard man. Uh, there were stories that he was an occultist, you know, possibly even a Satanist. 
so people had a little bit of fear of him and as you would and uh, you know his daughter and a singer at the club getting together probably not the best idea but he found out about their relationship and he had the singer killed which absolutely broke Johanna's heart and it filled her with rage to the point that she decided the only way that she could continue was to poison her father and kill him too. And even then she wasn't done. She poisoned herself and killed herself. And it still doesn't end there. According to the stories, Johanna was five months pregnant. Mm. So she kills her father, herself, and the unborn child inside her. Mm. So more and more horrific death going on in this place. But we've got another death related to this building of a woman who is pregnant. Not just pregnant, five months pregnant. So if the records are accurate from from a span of 100 years, both Pearl Bryan and Johanna were five months pregnant. Right. Okay. So now you've got two mothers, mothers to be Mm -hmm. ghosts haunting this place. Right. And and Johanna is pretty active. And they said that you can you can go by like the dressing room area and she always had roses and she had like rose scented perfume and you can smell a strong scent of roses as you pass by. And there are other places in the building where you can also smell it. We're going to talk a little bit more about this when Bobby Mackey. Uh, moves in because mm-hmm. his caretaker and his wife reported smelling the roses and and realizing that there was somebody else there with them right. in that building. Right. So at that point, the Latin Quarter is done. You know, no more. Now, now the owner's dead, the singer's dead, the one of the dancers is dead. There's too much death going on. The Latin Quarter goes away. And in the 1970s, it reopens as the Hard Rock Cafe. Man, they've got those everywhere. Right? <laughs> I think I got a jacket from that Hard Rock. It's it's not the Hard Rock Cafe you're thinking of. Oh. It, was, it was just a name. Then I don't have that jacket. It was just a name. So this one, this place didn't have a chance. Okay? It's open for a little while, and it's closed really quickly because of all the violence and shootings and everything that occurred. Again... This is not going to be a successful gambling spot. Right. It's just, you know, the ghost of Buck Brady said, uh-uh, it's not happening. You're going to run into more problems. It's not going to be. Right. I think, like you said, uh, because of all the shootings and everything, in 1978 is when they finally completely closed down the Hard Rock Cafe due to, you know, one final fatal shooting. And yeah. they said that that's yeah, it. You know, go. there were there were murders and and lots of violence on that property during that time. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like a, a nightclub in Nashville. Right. You know, we've had that same situation happen here. Right. Um, so shortly after that, the building, it was purchased by Bobby and Janet Mackey and they renovated it into a country bar and tavern. So this is really one of the first times since it was a slaughterhouse that somebody wasn't trying to gamble in there. Right. Okay, so Bobby Mackey was well known in the area as a country singer and had recorded multiple albums. And so he took everything he had and dumped it into building this honky tonk. Okay, so once they got open, this this loner character from around the around the area, he shows up. His name is Carl Lawson, and he tells Bobby and Janet, look. I've I've lived in this area for years. I know this place. I know this building. Anything you want to know about it, I can help you. So they said, okay, why don't you come on board 
and become the caretaker. And, you know, you can stay here and you can clean up, lock up when the, when the, after we close, you know, you, you can make sure all the lights are off and the place is swept and mopped and whatever else. And, you know, you get a job and a place to stay. And Carl said, I'm in. Right. Okay. So Bobby Mackey's opens. Bobby says, I, look, I don't care about all this stuff that's going on. I don't believe in ghosts, you know. And he tells Carl, I don't want to hear no ghost stories. You know, it's bad for business. You know, I, I don't need people coming up here thinking this place is haunted and that something's going to happen to them. You know, it's just going to drive people away. So he tells Carl, look, I want you to keep your mouth shut. But Carl tells everybody else, listen, stuff goes on here at night that you guys don't see, but I see it. And so Carl goes on to explain that on certain nights, the jukebox will come on and start playing what you mentioned the song it plays. Yeah. He said uh, he would actually unplug the jukebox and make sure it was turned off completely. And he would hear it start playing the anniversary waltz. And uh, he said, you know, along with that, that when he would go down to check on the jukebox, uh, you know, see why it's playing, he would notice that all the bar lights were on, even though he had turned them off, and that the doors were unlocked. So he had even though he had locked. Yeah. So he would lock up for the night. And he lived in an apartment on the premises there. So he would lock up for the night, turn everything off, unplug the jukebox, you know, make his way to his apartment. And then he would hear the jukebox come on. So he would go down to, you know, maybe I didn't turn it off. Well, no, it's off and it's unplugged. Yeah. And it's playing the anniversary waltz. And then he would notice lights are on, doors unlocked and all this stuff. And at that point, you know, like you had said, Bobby first told him, look, don't be telling people, you know, and it, you know, so when he first started doing it, people thought he was crazy, you right. know, and finally now with all of these stories that he's been telling them, they kind of start to believe that he's not just a crazy person. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so Bobby Mackey's was one of the first honky tonk bars to have a mechanical bull mm-hmm. and the bull would would click on even though it too was unplugged and they say that still happens you know even currently right and you know it's not even in use and the bull will just start making the noise that it's starting up and then stop and it'll it'll do that from time to time and it's not even plugged into the wall <laughs> say okay great now we got a bull ghost so right <laughs> right that's I mean, I'm I'm watching Adam's face as I'm fixing to go this way. That's just like, yeah, yeah, what? He's not paying. He's not paying close enough attention. So I just, I dump it. He he's trying to trying to draw me into something. I'm like, no. But but Carl said that he saw at least two apparitions, you know, inside the club. The first one he saw. Is what he described as a large, angry black man behind the bar. Right. So, I, I, you know, I don't know how he knew, but but he knew that there was a large, angry black man behind the bar. Right. And the second one was Johanna. Mm-hmm. Now, when Carl talks about Johanna, he says that she actually spoke with him. Right. That he, he was able to smell the roses whenever she appeared. And that he had conversations with her. Right. You know, so take that for what you will. Um, you know, Carl Lawson is no longer with us. So all we have left are the stories that have been recorded. Right. Um, but, you know, he was there probably more than anybody else, even the owners. And, and he experienced so much. He had this strong feeling that the spirits were more active down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's true for a lot of places. Right. But remember what's in the basement. Yep. The, the, the well is in yep. the basement. The portal to hell. The portal to hell, or at least the portal to the Licking River. Right. <laughs> and you were talking about uh, him having, you know, uh, hearing from Johanna. 
there were actually reports that he could carry on a full conversation with Johanna, that it was, you know, back and forth. And uh, apparently rumors then kind of started up that he was talking to himself, you know, kind of alluding more to him being crazy because he was carrying on a conversation with Johanna and nobody else could see or hear Johanna. And, you know, he claimed that it was a very tangible presence for him that he could, like you said, smell the roses and that have, you know, these full intelligent conversations with Johanna, which you don't normally get out of a spirit. Right. You know, most places that has any type of paranormal activity, I would say 90% of the time when we research something, it's more of a recording right. of an activity. Yeah. That it's not an intelligent spirit that can interact with you. And if it is, you're only able to do this through EVPs or like the ghost box that you always see on right. TV or something you can't actually hear them and yeah. see them. And like I'm talking to you, have this conversation. Yeah. So what other kind of entities have we discussed that might be able to carry on a, a one-on-one conversation? I don't know that I want to get into this. Demons. Right. I don't want to get into this. Right. <laughs> the, the only thing worse to me than ghost kids is demons. Yeah. So... So we've talked a lot about ghosts and we've talked a little bit about demons in past episodes. And if you've if you've listened to those, you, you've you've heard us talk about EVPs, as Adam said, and, and recordings, quick sightings, maybe maybe audible sounds, but they're they're short, you know, and they're usually either either warnings or or angry commands. It's not a conversation. It's not like, right. hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? But we've got a lot of stories about demons working to communicate. And and we know demons are, are, are tricky. You know, and if if we even begin to believe that all of the death, all of the murder, all of the violence, and all of the blood that poured through this place has produced what people would describe as a portal to hell. Wouldn't you think, I mean, if we're, if we're believing every bit of this to be true, wouldn't you think that this was more likely a demon posing as Johanna, communicating with the one individual that's there almost 24 hours a day to draw him in? Yeah. Sure. And it even went so far as the the story came out that Carl was actually possessed. And this activity became public because it became broadcast on an episode of Ghost Adventures where Carl had actually gone through an exorcism because of this. Right. And you can go and watch this exorcism Mm -hmm. on YouTube. It's about nine minutes long. Uh, it's not as disturbing as you might think, but it's very intriguing, you know? So, um, if you're, if you're looking further into this stuff, uh, you'll come across this video, give it a look. I mean, it's not like you're going to have to invest a whole lot of time. It's pretty interesting. Right. So, and you were, you were talking about demons. Yeah. And when, when you talk about spirits and stuff, you have usually verbal communication or you might see them or whatever but demons are the thing that normally gets that that's what people say is the thing that have physical contact with you you know that will grab you grope you push you and janet who is bobby's wife actually was kind of the one to lead him into believing more about it because she was like no you know i've had these experiences too And you had said that he felt like the basement was the most active. Correct. She had an experience in the basement herself. And she said that at that point, you know, when she was in the basement, there was this sudden overwhelming scent of roses, like Matt mentioned. 
and she then felt something unseen swirl around her. Now she says, quote, something grabbed me by the waist. It picked me up and threw me back down. I got away from it, and when I got to the top of the stairs, there was a pressure behind me pushing me down the steps. She looked back up, and a voice was screaming, get out, get out. So, tell me, would that be Johanna, because of the scent of roses, or would it be, like Matt said, a demon posing as Johanna? Yeah, or could it be the spirit of uh, Alonzo Wally? Right. You know, reenacting, you know, his crime. Because at the time, Janet was, wait for it, five months pregnant. Okay, so it gets weirder. Yeah. But here's something else interesting that I held back from the Johanna story. Mm -hmm. So the singer, her lover Mm -hmm. that her father killed, right? his name was Robert Randall Mickey. Right. Bobby's full name is Robert. Randall Mackey. Hmm. So could, and this is just, this is one of these theories. Could the spirit of Johanna have attached herself to someone with a name that's essentially only one letter off? Right. And a jealous spirit attacks Janet in that basement because she sees they're together and she's pregnant and this is my lover. And what has he done to me? You know, because there's, you know, there's no way we know. I mean, you know, if you're, you're a spirit, maybe you're trapped. Maybe your, 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 your spirit is trapped forever to, to replay the events that, you know, led to your death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you're not just sitting here like, well, I'm a ghost. There's some new people that are moving. It's not like Beetlejuice necessarily, or at least we don't think so. Right. I mean, we we don't know that. Um, you know, there's there's not been any really great ghost interviews on Larry King, so we don't really know how that works. But if we speculate, um, you know, we think that maybe that's just not how things work. Mm-hmm. That the ghost is not consciously thinking, um, oh, here's some new people. I need to scare them out of here. You know, maybe a demon thinks that way. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we don't know. Um, but, you know, a, a spirit that's trapped in that place who who met her end um, b- because of a relationship with another man that has the name a- almost identical to the man that's currently there with a wife that's five months pregnant. You know, it, it could lead to something like this. So, again, this is if, you know, if you're believing everything that occurred up to this point, it, you know, it's it's another it's another weird situation that, hey, that could that could be it. Right. But but Janet was so convinced that um, this was not a, a random accident, that she wasn't hallucinating. She wasn't, um, you know, experiencing just overwhelming emotions or, or you know, hormones raging or anything that this this physically happened to her. She does not go back. Right. So she doesn't step foot inside the club. You know, don't so blame her. I don't either. Look, it, look, just tell me to go. You don't have to push me down the stairs. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like the poltergeist thing. Get out. Okay. See you later. You know, I'm out. Right. You know, peace gone. You know, if I'm going to stick around, I'm not going to wait until you push me down the stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so she says, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this. You hang out here. I've been telling you that this is legit for all these years and you don't listen, but I, I'm not going to be a part of this. And so at this point, Bobby begins to say, OK, I, I've got a, I've got a consent that, you know, there's something going on here mm-hmm. and and we don't know what it is, but. You know, we, we got to say, okay, there's too much that's happened. There's something here. Okay. So, and even now, there there is a sign uh, outside of, uh, of Bobby Mackey's when you go in. And um, I snapped, a, I, I, uh, I got a snap of it off the, uh, off the internet. And I, I wanted to, to read it 
verbatim because it is it is so it is so cool that it's even there. I kind of need um, one of these in my house. Okay, so the sign reads: "Warning to our patrons: This establishment is purported to be haunted. Management is not responsible and cannot be held liable for any actions of any ghost spirits on these premises." Now that that's great. See, like I said, need one of those in my house. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they the heck they, they should sell stickers with that on there, right? <laughs> you know, and I'd slap it on my front door like the alarm. You know, this house is protected by whatever alarm company. You just slap that on the front of the door. You know, it's like, hey, we got another way to get rid of solicitors, so. right? <laughs> so, so things things continue to happen. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's just, there's so many stories that revolve around each individual place inside what's currently Bobby Mackey's music world. We've talked about the jukebox coming on. And even if it's unplugged, the mechanical bull comes on, even if it's unplugged, the basement in the basement, there is a little brick hut off to the off to the left side and they don't use it in fact they don't really use the basement which is it's underground it's like almost like dirt floor um but they don't they don't use that for anything but maybe storage of a few things but they don't really use that hut at all and they don't know what it was for but there's a spirit that resides in there and they say they describe him as a little short chubby man that will occasionally pop his head out to let you know that he's there. <laughs> and they have nicknamed him Santa Claus. What a great name. I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> As if this place couldn't get any more scarier. We're going to ruin Christmas too. Right. You know, <laughs> Santa Claus ghost is in the basement an old Saint Nick next to there. the portal to hell. Right. You know, yeah. Maybe that's how he gets to places on Christmas Eve. Uh, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Lucifer, on Beelzebub. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and everybody that goes down into that basement says they they feel that presence, that something is there that says, don't come down here. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't belong here. And it, it it's almost like... Some people have described it as as a physical push. In fact, I read one account of while uh, this couple was on tour, they actually witnessed a person in front of them being shoved. Mm -hmm. And they said they first saw his left shoulder drop back and then saw him physically get pushed up against a wall. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine what what that would do to a tour group if that happened. Oh, sure. You know. All of a sudden, you know, it's it's a mad dash for the front door. <laughs> At least yep. it would be if I was in on that. <laughs> yep. Like, no way. I'm not going to be next on that one. Snapping pictures as we go, though. Yeah. You know. And, you know, the the stairs that lead down uh, to the basement, they're, they're old. And a lot of people said it looks like they need to be replaced. Um, but they've been called, you know, the stairs that lead to nowhere because they go down to this basement. Um. And we've got some pictures of the basement that we're going to be, we'll post in the Facebook group. And um, I'm sure Amanda will post them on Instagram too. We'll I mean, put them up on the website ooh, too. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you just look at it and when, when you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, what's that? It's like a hole in the corner of the, you know, but when you hear the stories and you know what happened in that hole, it looks just uber creepy. Um there's also this idea. Now, there's two theories on this, and, and, and Adam, Adam brought this. There's an idea that spirits can't cross flowing water. Okay? And the Licking River flows, it, it flows north, which is kind of odd. Um, but that flowing river that's right there where the honky-tonk is, it... Um, it works as maybe a barrier to uh, to keep the spirits trapped there where they, mm -hmm. where they can't really escape. I've heard another theory about this, that the flowing water there works almost like a battery, that it, it helps produce 
so much energy and and from descriptions of the river that it's it's not like um it's not like a creek you know it's not just like oh look it's pretty river that it's it, it can be raging at sometimes and and that much energy of a flowing river is enough energy to feed the entities and the spirits that reside in and around Bobby Mackey's music world right you know so so two different theories but both kind of explain why all these spirits are, are trapped there. Right. Um, we've mentioned that, uh, that Carl Lawson uh, believed he was possessed and actually went through an exorcism. And, and Carl had actually taken it upon himself to go down in the basement and pour holy water on the well, which didn't help. Right. It, it actually may have made things a little worse. I'm sure it did. <laughs> so, you know, you, 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 you try, you know, I've seen this in the movie. Maybe it'll work. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Just a couple like interesting facts uh, about it. Uh, even though, you know, like we said, Bobby Mackey started out kind of a non-believer. He still kind of believes, you know, to this day, but not fully like convinced of anything he still wrote a country song that was entitled johanna and it was about the young girl who committed suicide in the basement in the 50s and one of bobby Mackey's friends named doug hensley he wrote a book that was titled hell's gate and it connects the events of the past to the hauntings now so it basically hell's gate is doing what we're doing but in book form you know um, and there were historic photos of Pearl Bryan that they ended up finding that actually matched descriptions of a headless ghost dressed in a turn of the century clothing that people have seen and photos of Buck Brady matched descriptions that people had given about a ghost that they saw in there. So there's, you know, you're always looking for, I guess you wouldn't call it evidence, but a little more credence to the hauntings. And when you find historical photos of people that match what people have been telling you, they've seen, right. That kind of, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, that makes sense now, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, out of all the places Adam and I have covered for this show, um, I don't know that we've ever seen the, the variety of the of the entities that reside in one place, right? Nor have we seen the history tied so close mm-hmm. to those entities, right? You know, I mean, sure, everybody's got a story about. Well, this person died, and we think it's their spirit that lives here. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody that's got a ghost story, there's some story, and it's real vague, and it and it's scary, and it mm-hmm. sounds good, but to go through actual history. Right. I mean, documented events and then hauntings that seem to be directly associated with mm-hmm. those events. Right. I mean, it, just about everyone we've talked about has been directly affiliated with some event that actually happened. Exactly. You know, so that's that's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes Bobby Mackey's music world, in my opinion, one of the haunted, one of the most haunted places around. Absolutely, you know, and one of the places that I would like to go visit. Yeah, you know, and you know, we Adam and I have talked about this in Nashville. We're only about four hours away. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a drive. I mean, this this is not going to be a major trip, and so uh, we'll let you know if if we uh, if we get it all together and we take a trip up there. You know, we're we're going to let you know, and we'll follow up on another show about what we. What we got to experience yeah. firsthand. We'll definitely bring one of our recorders with us. Yeah. For EVPs and for hearing Matt or myself scream. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you know it'll probably happen, and we want to catch that for you guys, because y'all deserve to hear us scream. Um. So, you know, we really found this to be probably one of the most interesting places that oh, yeah. we've researched and looked up, and we hope that you guys have found it as interesting. Um. I know we have a lot of listeners from Kentucky and, you know, a a few of my good friends that I work with are from Kentucky as well. So if any of y'all have ever been to Bobby Mackey's, please let us know. Uh, You know, if you've got any pictures that you have taken while you were there, 
we definitely want to see them. Yeah. Email them to us or post them in the group or whatever. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, old Bobby Mackey's music world. And speaking of uh, our friends in Kentucky, uh, we are still working on our live event in conjunction with our friends from Hillbilly Horror Stories. And, you know, they're they're right up there in Bobby Mackey's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're looking at sometime around October. Um, nothing is set in stone yet, um, but we don't want you to forget. So if you if you want to come, if you want to meet Adam and myself, if you want to meet Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories, uh, set aside some time, set aside some money to make a trip uh, to Nashville because uh, we're going to put this together. Like I said, it's it's in the works, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, so make some plans for that. And, um, you know, as always, be sure and check out our website at graveyardpodcast.com. There you'll find more information about Adam and myself, links to purchase our merchandise, become a Patreon, and, of course, listen to the show. Uh, you'll follow you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Graveyard Tales and join our Facebook group. Uh, we can share stories. We have a lot of great members, and you can get inside info on upcoming episodes and events. As always, please rate and review us on iTunes. This means so much to us. And thank you for listening. And until next time, we will save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Thank you.